Hi, my name is Aaron McManus, and you are listening to the Battle Ready Podcast, and I'm here with my dad. Hi, I'm Erwin McManus. It's good to be here. How you doing? How's your week going? Uh, well, it's uh, uh, going um, well. Is uh, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, you're trying to <laughs> lie right now. Well, it's just been a, uh, a season, a year of injuries for injuries, me. Injuries, yeah. Well, you're 62. Well, thank you so much for yeah. highlighting you that. You look great. You look amazing. You really do. But I was playing basketball, and we played for a couple of hours, maybe two and a half hours on the last play. One of my friends, who was on my team, ran full speed and didn't see me, crashed into me, and popped my shoulder. So I'm going to go from here to the, the doctor's, doctor's office and get x-rays to make sure it's popped back in properly. Matt came home. I live with Matt again. I've lived with this guy like four different times. I he gets Matt married. I told not to say anything. He, you did tell, you did, you did tell him to not tell me. He walks in, he's like, I was like, how's, how's my dad doing? He's like, ah, he's not, he didn't say anything initially, but he's bad at lying. <laughs> and so he's staying in my house for a week. He's getting married. And he told me you got injured again. again. Every time you play basketball, you get injured. Are you going to stop? No. No? No. I think it's time to switch over to golf. No. No, really, I do think really. so. I think it's time for golf. I mean, there's nothing wrong with golf except that, um, it's golf. No, it's... <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Okay, so let's jump into this today. Your week's been okay. We are getting ready for the conference that we're doing with Mosaic, which is exciting. It's really fun. We shot a family thing today. Yeah, it was really uh, tense. That was not as fun. It's always fun having your family together. It's, it's a little stressful, to be fully honest. Like, working with our family is, is nice. Like, there's nice things about it. It's nice to know your family is close. It's also very stressful to know your family's that close. We're super close family, but everyone is sort of a uh, type A personality. Yeah. Uh, very driven, very competitive, very creative. Uh, and there's a, and so there's a lot of um, chemical compositions happening that create a volatile environment, which is uh, fun and also um, dangerous at the same time. Yeah, definitely dangerous. And then we have Jake Goss, and he's just like the sweet angel of the family. That he's we've brought into the yeah he's he's like a beautiful human and he's being. unfazed he that That's makes him wonderful it does make him wonderful but I, I, there's something I want to talk about today what do you want to talk about um, you had a conversation with a friend yep and they basically challenged you to see if anything you do is original but this is what this is how it happened this is how it happened a friend comes over computers open with also with my notes I'm working on a talk mm-hmm. um, and. They go, oh, so you just steal ideas. You don't actually create, like, create, you're not actually a designer. That was the quote. So you just steal ideas, you're not actually a designer. And I'm still very hurt by it. I'm laughing, but I'm actually hurt by it. It's really funny because last week at home with my wife, your mom, Kim, I, uh, I showed her one of the new pieces that I've been working on. And she goes, well, who designed that? And I said, well... I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but who really did it? It's so frustrating when <laughs> and, people and, won't give you anything. Yeah, so I thought it was pretty funny that um, I said, honey, if I, this is how you can know I did it. See, if I didn't exist, this would not be created. <laughs> right. And if I wasn't in the room, this would not have happened. And But it, but let's talk about that because I think it's an interesting uh, spectrum from stealing to, let's say, uh, uniqueness or, or origi- originality or being inspired by right because uh, I mean I, I, I've experienced it on, on multiple levels okay. I, um, you have people I, steal your books all the time I have people who openly say 
they stole my books. My favorite thing, <laughs> actually, my favorite story is that that like a really well known speaker that a lot of people would know. We flew to a city right after they had just been there in Europe, and and you sent the notes over for your talk for that night, and they were like, "Oh, that's amazing! This person just gave this exact same no, message." Actually, it was after I finished giving the message. Oh, okay, right, right. It was the next day. It was the yeah, next day. Yeah, and he said. You you stole this person's message. I said, "What are you talking about?" And he showed me a clip from that. No, person's he thought message. it was like this a miraculous moment because he said it very kindly. Yeah, and they took, took my it. exact yeah. message and replicated it, and just happened to be preaching it around the world yeah. before I got there. So, but, but the worst one was a guy sent me this from uh, South America, from Ecuador. He said, "Hey, this is awesome," because he didn't know any better. He said, this guy has taken your exact message and memorized it and preached it. And this guy preached to, I don't know, like 15, 20,000 people. He took my... What's funny is not only did he take my message, he took all my stories. So he was telling stories about me. And he was telling stories from our <laughs> lives as if it was his life. So and, when uh, is he it? did it really well, though, I have to say. <laughs> he probably he probably communicated the message better than me. So you do That's have that... not true. You, you have that, that dynamic where you have what I would call just pure out like theft. It, Just straight theft. A lack of, um, of respect for intellectual property. Okay. And But then when you're looking at like um, every artistic endeavor in the world, there's also imitation. Interesting. Talk to me about imitation. All right. I always tell people, before you learn how to create, you imitate. That's where you start. Um, let's, let's talk about like... So it's where you start. Right. Because okay. all of us have the same limitations. There are only 12 notes on a piano. So every musician in the world is working with 12 notes. So you can't, you can't be original in creating a new note. You can be original in how you organize those notes. You have thousands of years of music, and how many songs are there about love? Like, I love you, yeah, 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 you know, right. is the most profound song in the world written by the Beatles. But, you know, yeah, 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 does it really add anything to the I love you, right? And, right. and yet those words, I love you, are said a million times over, but each one from a different perspective, from a unique way. Okay. If you look at, um, like, painting, there's only three primary colors. So every artwork in the world comes from three primary colors. So we're all working with those limitations. Architecture, it's all um, angles, curves. Well, I just wonder lines. if someone would look at an architect and go, well, you stole the idea. Well, what do you, like you're building another building. Well, we're all working from... You're the, not creating a... a what I'm saying is that we all begin with the same basic construct. Okay. So if, let's say look at clothes. Let's look at clothes. Let's all do right. that. So I can know no matter who designs whether it's going to be Yves Saint Laurent or whether it's Jerry Lorenzo or, or you know, whoever it may be, right? Right. Uh, pretty sure there are going to be two arm slots, <laughs> one neck slot, <laughs> one slot for the body. And if oh, you're I'm like confused about what you're talking about. It's now. because every human being has two arms, one not, head. Not everybody. Well, let's just say. Okay. But that, what you're saying. Yeah. And, and so pants are always going to have two legs. And, okay. and so there, there's a certain structure to clothes that you go, that will always be the same forever. Right. Yeah, unless, of course, you decide to make a hoodie without arms, which would be invented by a little bit. 
It's called the inconvenient. It's called the poncho. <laughs> poncho. That's um, true. So okay, okay. So no, no, the poncho has slits on the sides. No, not always. Um, but so let's talk about it. So what's what are good? Th- like I think one, where 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 do you find inspiration from? Because I do think that like it is it is a bit of both ways. Where I feel like when I want to create, I open the gates to listen, to learn, to look at everything, and then when I'm actually going to create, I have to like shut it all back down mm-hmm. so that it isn't theft, so that it isn't like me mimicking somebody else. But I think it's a really hard thing to create something absolutely original within certain categories, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've seen the, you know, the boards of a lot of designers, a lot of artists, a lot of writers. And when you look at their board, they're informed and inspired by people who have gone before them. And so, I, I mean, I, I've seen what you consider super edgy designers going to places like Dick's Sporting Goods <laughs> and picking up stuff that is like mainstream, blue collar, but then they're bringing their own unique take to something. So I, I do think that that even though we all begin with some basic blocks in life and that we maybe we all begin by imitating. That's why I think a lot of musicians do cover songs when they're young. Yeah. The problem is that if they're doing cover songs when they're 50, you know, then they never moved into their own originality. And so you may sing someone else's songs, but eventually I hope you start writing your, your own songs. Yeah. You know, you as, as a writer, you may like Hemingway or you may like Salinger. And so you start imitating their style of writing, but eventually you have to find your own voice. And as a designer, there might be certain designs that you really like or approaches that you think are really interesting, but eventually you have to bring your own perspective. And I think that's the key is that you have to get to that place where... Um, so where do you turn the corner from inspiration to perspective? To a place where you're just receiving things to a place where you're actually creating things in a way that you have a new perspective. I think there's a difference between imitation and inspiration. See, when... No, but I'm talking to you about perspective. No, no, but you can't get there yet because imitation... Well, it's like I don't ask questions. <laughs> this is a trend <laughs> with people that I know. Like, I ask a question and you don't answer it. No, no, like, let me no, get no, there no, no. Yeah, well, You want to... Should you go? Is it because he's older and more wise? Okay, go for it. Brian overruled me. All right, here's the difference. Imitation usually is based around your desire to simply succeed, to look like you're achieved something. Inspiration means that you've actually been affected by that person's art. And so you would um, look at, let's say, fashion or music or art, but you only allow the things that actually inspire you to um, inform you. And and that's the difference. Like someone could imitate someone else and it comes across wrong because you can tell that person was never really changed by that. Like there's certain clothes I could wear and it would be wrong. It just, it isn't really who I am. It doesn't, it's, it's not, it doesn't inform my personality, my style, my approach toward life. There's, there's clothes that you wear and you, I mean, if you're not a designer, you're wearing someone else's designs. So you're picking pants and shirts and jackets and shoes that other people have created that are an expression of who you are. You're not wearing clothes to express who that designer is. You're wearing clothes to express who you are. And so then perspective is, oh, I really love this jacket, but if I had designed it, I would have done this differently. I love these shoes, but if I had designed these, I would have done this differently. I think that's what you bring. You have this, uh, you always have perspective. Uh, I don't think you've ever seen a piece that you were satisfied with. A piece that you're ever fully happy with. I, don't, I think that would be true about most things in life. Not even <laughs> just, you know, just not just clothing, what we're doing now, but what 
you know, from it was film school or mm -hmm. the docs we've worked on, commercials we shot together to the session we did an hour ago, mm -hmm. you know, constantly. Like, I, I will wake up in the middle of the night being like, I hated that thing I said yesterday to that one person. Yeah, but see, and perspective comes from your experiences. Okay. And um, and it, it comes from, in a sense, like your, your approach toward life. Right. So when you wear clothes, you immediately go, I can't wear this twice. It's not comfortable. Or you'll say... Yeah, I just don't like the way this sits on on someone's shoulders, and so you immediately. I I, I, I would actually do that. Yes, you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you move to two things. I think one is functionality. Yeah, uh, you're a minimalist in that regard. You uh, you want to use the least amount of material. You don't like anything really gaudy. You like everything really um, as minimal in its approach. Mm. But you're also like uh, you have a sense of aesthetic. You want it to be really beautiful. I just wanted to, to, yeah, I want it to have value, and it's different, right? Like I think you hate cheap things, hate cheap things, <laughs> hate cheap things, but I don't need a lot. Like you walk into my house and there's like a couch and a TV, and that's pretty much it's it. It's hard to know if anybody lives there. <laughs> it is very hard to know. And then I was watching James Bond the other day. Uh, the most, the most recent one, Spectre, and he walks yeah. into his house, and then his friend comes in and goes, "Did you just move in?" And he goes, "No, why?" And there's just nothing in the house. It's like, that's like the way I see it. I just, why would you furnish it? I don't right. understand. So perspective comes from experience. Perspective, perspective comes, comes from... because you want to say something unique through that medium. Do you feel like a lot of people try to have a perspective before having actually experienced anything? Absolutely. And that's where we get maybe bad art or bad clothing. That's also where you, bad films yeah, where, bad... You, where you get like... Um, you know, ten dollar fashion. You know what I mean? It's like no, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, and so much of that is stolen and ripped off. But uh, but mm -hmm. what I'm actually asking is like, does it go deeper? Does it cross? Does it cross the format of like, do we? Do you feel like people try to jump too early to perspective before they actually experience anything? I, I mean, I think so. I mean, I think like I had my first book contract offer when I was 29, 30 years old. I turned it down and didn't publish a book till I was forty. Do you regret that? I don't. Yeah. Why don't you? Uh, because I wanted to wait till I had something I really wanted to say. You left a lot of money on the table. I did. There's a lot of people now who take that contract. I know. It's a I, bad contract. I've never too. been driven by money. I, I always looked at things and thought, I want to be I want to be able to be proud of this a hundred years from now. Do you yeah, think that you would have lost longevity if you had published earlier? Because now you've yeah. ten, almost eleven books later, you have a twelfth one coming out. Well, yeah, you, it, it, you, being, are you on book ten or book eleven? Book you, eleven. Book yeah. eleven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Being timeless was more important to me than being timely. Okay. And uh, and leaving something that mattered was more important to me than having material. And I, I actually think that when you chase money, you end up chasing your tail. And that you need to you need to you need to chase. It's okay to ch uh, chase doing something meaningful. It's okay to be driven to be successful. I, I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, I just is. think that the success in it can't be. I just want to be rich. Yeah, and you see that with people who publish 40, 50 books by the time they're like forty five, and you know, mm -hmm. anyways. But uh, let's go. But let's go back to this. All right. So um, you ha you have your friend who says to you, "Do you create anything on your own?" <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently not. It really yeah. bothered me though. Like it actually, like I, you know, like you, when you don't really know someone enough to be like, no, like sit down and apologize. <laughs> no, because <laughs> take you, it back. But it, I think it, uh, I married that. You, <laughs> you did know? marry that because but she doesn't like anything, any uh, thing that I do or you do. Or I, I go back um, twenty years ago. I had a, a book contract to write a, um, a a novel, right? A mythology. Okay. And when Kim 
saw what I was doing, she said, I don't think you should do that. Mm-hmm. I said, why? She goes, well, because you're just making up a story. It's mm-hmm. not real. It's not biblical. It's mm-hmm. not historical. And, and, I, and I said, I have a six-figure contract for this novel. That's, and That and, you should have done. And they already paid me. And you paid it back? Uh, I, I renegotiated the contract, yeah. Okay. So because my wife did not want me to write a make-believe story, right. I gave up that contract, and then The Shack came out, and she loves The Shack, and wait, 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 that's a make-believe story. And, that's a bummer. And, and then she loves Lord of the Rings, and then she loves you know, The Hobbit, and, all, and I went, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So Tolkien can do this, and C.S. Lewis can do this, right. and all these other people can do it, but I can't do it. She goes, yeah, but you're not them. And, <laughs> and I think the reality... That's it right there. You're not them. <laughs> you're not them. But, you're, but we're not them until we are them. But right? also, it's, yeah, but also same friend said, did say something the other, did say something too, though, but we'll, get, we'll go back to that. Okay. Do you want to you vamp no, on that for a little bit? I, no, I, I just think that... Um, a lot of times, we don't, one, we don't give ourselves permission to be inventive and creative and imaginative. Um, but I, 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 I'm inspired. Like, I was inspired. I grew up reading Heinlein and Norton and Bradbury, and um, I grew up, you know, reading Tolkien and Lewis, and they, yeah. in, they inspired yeah. me. So yeah. I'm not imitating their stories, yeah. but I'm definitely informed by the imagination of, of their stories, you, you know? And I love Braveheart. I love Gladiator, right? Okay, what does that have to do with this, though? No, I'm saying... So I write stories, and I write in the theme of... I can hear... You're, t- you're referring to a new project you're working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, so yeah. I'm working on a graphic lost. novel. No, I get it, yeah. Yeah, so now I just... You haven't finished. actually said that out loud. No, I have. I just finished a graphic novel. I just got your. I just got the the, rough, the, the draft. I'm yeah, and, it, and it's it. a mythology, and, and it has, yeah. you know, magic and myth in it, and... Um, <laughs> just like Tolkien and Lewis. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so it's original. And you worked on it with like someone so like actually legit. Because like I wanted someone in the graphic novel world who was really Superman legit. And Spider-Man. And, yeah. yeah. It's taken two Marvel. years to do this. I'm going to the question of imitation. Like, so there's some things that are the same. I have a, I have a hero. Right. You know, I, I have a band yeah. you know, of people. I have enemies. I have good guys, bad guys, kingdoms, empires. Right. You know, and so... That story's been told a thousand times before, but I have a unique perspective and I have aspects of the story that are in no one's story, that are unique to my story. And so I think what you have to do is realize that um, we're all imitators to some degree, but creativity really is imitation at a distance where a person isn't going, oh, you just translated what they're doing over to you. You were informed, inspired and then that catapulted you to toward your own expression. It's like a whole episode right there. Hey, we're good. No, 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 not. And then you said your friend came no, back and said something. No, else. no, she didn't. She, he didn't. She didn't. They didn't say anything. They, <laughs> they had, they had previously previously said a, a contradicting statement, right? Also, also, like this is this is we're having this is in good, in good fun, but I, I, I do think it's. It is hard to... One thing that I think I, I find myself putting myself in a box is, uh, what was the phrase that he said? You're not them. Oh, yeah. When Kim said yeah, to me, right? you're not them. You are not them. I think there's always like that <laughs> internal voice that's telling me, like, it, can I achieve the thing that is not necessarily my natural path, right? Mm-hmm. 
Like, I, I think if I were to go and say, like, I'm going to be the greatest communicator in the world, at some point, I have, like, maybe have a shot. Like, you're a great communicator. Mom's a great communicator. Mariah can sing. Like, it's in the blood. Like, if I focus, I can do this. Making clothes, doing other businesses, it's, a, it's, off, it's off the natural course. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it, that is one when you discover so many new things inside of yourself. But also, it's one of those things where I'm like, do I put myself in a box of fear going, you know, you're not them. And then it's hard <laughs> when someone voices it and you're like, no, you're right, I'm not. But then am I trying to be someone that I'm not? And so like there is like this, not that the identity is so fragile, mm-hmm. but when you are like embarking and creating something new, you do start to establish like, who am I inside of this space? Who am I inside of these moments? And then you kind of like bounce it off of ideas. And then what I realized that, that my friend said this, that like they were reading a book, you cannot ask, there, what was the, there was five questions. There was like, the, anyway, they're reading this book. They were talking about like, you cannot let the people super close to you decide on certain things in your life because they're only going to give you what you want to hear. Like subconsciously, they're going to unknowingly tell you the thing that you want to hear or like choose something for you that that would make you look the best versus actually tell you the truth Mm -hmm. and set you down like a harder path of like self-realization, self-awareness. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think I wonder if if the people I put in my life, though they are amazing, they keep me like uplifted and going forward motivated they maybe tell me the things that i want to hear am i asking the right people do i need like a new panel of people in my life that um i can bounce ideas off of and they can tell me like that's actually trash and you should throw that away or like you're imitating something and you're not actually creating something new mm-hmm. have you ever been in that that space with yeah. like writing your books i think you need to have people in your life that do speak truth into you and i think you do Actually, no, I do, and but maybe they, yeah. But I think sometimes, is there like a line between people in your life who are too supportive and and not quite telling you the, the real truth? I don't think you've ever had the luxury. <laughs> no, I have, no. I have Kim McManus and Ryan McManus to remind me how yeah. completely average I am. I think our family would be the opposite. It would be more of you know a family that feels like too critique us to love. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, I love you, but can you change? <laughs> and uh, to fix this. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a ruthless critiquer of my own approach. I mean, I would, I, after every time I spoke, I would go back meticulously through every word in my mind that I spoke, every, every word I mispronounced, every sentence that I didn't structure a while. In your talks? In my talks, yeah. yeah it's brutal. And, you know, so I would just do that on my own. And I'm yeah. I'm really critical. Writing is really important to me. The number of words in a sentence matter to me. The construction of a paragraph matters to me. Um, I'm meticulous with every word in, in my books. And, you know, the graphic novel I spent this week in going through it for the hundredth time and editing it one more time, just cleaning it up, making sure everything is exactly the way it needs to be. And, um, you know, looking for the flaws in the storyline. And uh, I just think that's a part. If you love something, the details matter. And when something really matters to you, the way it's expressed is important. And I know when we were working in fashion years ago, like you would look at a bag with, oh my goodness, I don't know, 5,000 stitches, yeah. and you would find the one stitch that was out of line. I looked at your jacket the other day and <laughs> found, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. That, yeah, but I think that's just a compulsive OCD that we're working <laughs> no, through. No, but I mean, life. even when we were editing films, you'd go, go back four frames and yeah. you'd see in the but corner where it was blurry. Or, yeah. and, right. and so I, I think a part of the process is that some of it is making sure that the overarching image is expressing what you want, and some of it is to make sure the details are expressing the beauty that you want to uh, 
you know, bring to the world. So how much of it is detail and how much of it is, how much do you let go? How much do you let go through? Because I, I think that one thing I've realized in like getting, as I get older, that the details matter, but I'm learning to pick which details are the right ones right. to like, to fuss over, to like obsess over. Right. And right. You, what? Yeah. No, right. no, no, go, go. I'd say, and when you know, one of my underlying themes is the beauty is in, in the, the imperfections. imperfections. And my thing would be like, <laughs> if you don't, no achieve, imperfections, you know, imperfections, <laughs> if you don't achieve perfection, then you failed. That's a, like a masochistic perspective. I right. Think. And we'll, we're going to fail all of our lives, yeah. you know, cause, um, we'll, you'll never achieve anything perfectly. Which is, I don't um, know. I don't believe that. I think I can. I think I'll get one thing. I'll get one thing and then I'll die. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'd be like, I've achieved it. It's done. It's funny. And I would always live my life thinking, I feel like I'm supposed to create one beautiful thing, but I don't know if I'll create it before I die. Mm. And, um, but I, I think that, you know, uh, you and Mariah are two of our beautiful things. Mm. So see what, he does. <laughs> see what he does there. It's so warm and fuzzy. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing. It is. But, Okay, so what were we going but to? I, I, but I, I, I think this is important. People are listening. If you're starting something from scratch, um, find the people whose approach is what you admire. I, you know, it can be in anything in sports, in in art, in music, in communication. Like when I was new in my faith, I'd never heard a speaker in my life other than like candidates running for office. Hmm. So I didn't know that speaking was like a thing, you know, so here I'm, I'm basically 20 years old going, wow, there, there are people who get up and talk and they're really good. And I, and so this is old school. So I would get cassette tapes and I would have cassette tapes mailed to me while I was at university of North Carolina. And I would listen to these talks nonstop. And I wasn't listening for the content. I was listening for the approach and style. I was trying to figure out why am I moved? Why does this guy get to me? Why, why, why is this message compelling and this one's boring. I mean, I, I didn't realize it, but I was, I was dissecting the approach toward communication. And I, I remember even thinking, okay, this guy's funny. And then when I laugh, the next thing he does is something really important and I'm not ready for it. And he's catching me off guard. And I would, I, and because I'm also very like cynical, I would go, I don't know if I trust this, you know, and then I'd find some people that I felt were so authentic. I actually think at first, you just want to study greatness, you know. And I didn't know that, like choreography, there there are moves that are actually like um, trademarked, like choreography. Yeah, dancers. No. Yeah, because Can I remember we fact you, check this. Yeah, no. I, I had dancers who were angry because other dancers stole their moves, stole their choreography, and okay. and they would say that person isn't original. They're just dancing the same movements that they've stolen from other people. And if you break down a singular move you might go, everyone does that move. What makes something unique is the way they combine all these moves that everyone has ever done in a way that's never been approached. So what I say to people is first, uh, download everything from everyone you admire. In fact, I have to tell you, this is funny. Okay. Um, when I was really new in like my faith and I was getting my master's degree and Kim took me to hear the speaker from England, who was really awesome. He was so compelling. And the next day I had a communication class and I had to give a presentation and I, and I did I it with a, the video. I did it with a British accent. And uh, cause I, 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 I was so, I'm You're very imitating so I, strong. I'm a mimic anyway. I mean, I'm yeah. from El Salvador. English yeah. is my second language. I pick up ang accents really easy. And next thing I know I'm preaching with a British accent 
And my professor calls me in afterwards and he says, have you been listening to anyone lately? <laughs> I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, there was just something about your accent. He was trying to be really polite. And all of a sudden I just turned hot all over, realized without even knowing it, I'm up there, you know, um, so, well, being British. <laughs> you know, actually, this is interesting because when we started, the, before we started the podcast, mm -hmm. we had the logo. A friend of us, a friend of ours created it, sent it over to us, and we kind of, it just kind of stuck with us. Yeah. And then, and then I had a friend, he's a huge following on Instagram and like social media is photographer, hit me up maybe a year into us like having the logo and was like, hey, I'm starting a company. And he pretty much just took the logo and did this whole thing. And I remember being like, okay, I'm going to be nice because I have the tendency to, to not always be nice. Mm -hmm. I just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, no worries. I, we weren't doing anything. We weren't putting on clothing. Mm -hmm. we, weren't putting, we didn't put it anywhere. It was just kind of like a subtle thing. We would put on like that already and like a few of sure. your books. And I remember being like, this is so weird that someone would straight up just steal something right away. And they ended up changing it because I think we talked about it mm -hmm. and it, it was what it was. But what is it about us where we have this like innate thing that we want to imitate the person? Well, I think some of it's admiration, right? You, you know, and so he wasn't, in his mind, yeah, he wasn't. No, he didn't do anything. Like, he wasn't doing anything out of like right. malice. And so ad admiration, a lot of times people end up imitating and realizing we're actually, you're hurting that brand. Just like with Mosaic. I can right. tell you there was no church in the world named Mosaic when I named Mosaic, Mosaic. And in fact, no one ever even thought no, oh, it's such a weird name, right? And yeah, because no one, it didn't, it wasn't Mosaic Church, it wasn't Mosaic, you know, community, yeah, anything. No, it no. was just Mosaic, and now there are mosaics all over the world, and most of them did not ask permission to use the name, and where it's a problem is when someone's brand is so off, where like Mosaic is known for being a place of you know creativity community it's it's accessible to people without Jesus it's a non-judgmental non-condemning place uh, filled with beauty and artistry and so if you're a mosaic and then suddenly like it's real dogmatic and very you know um, hardcore judgmental that hurts the brand right but i think what happens is people go oh i really admire this place so i want to take on the brand and that's where imitation actually becomes negative and what I would say is like, I tell people, look. But that would be because you would, you would have focused so much on the ideals of in the culture and, and the, the, the ethos of what yeah, you created. Yeah, the ethos and the culture is so much more so important. So if they take the logo and the name and then they're just another mosaic that doesn't feel true to you. And it doesn't work. They think just changing the name or adding the brand will change their future, but it doesn't. You have to change the essence. And it's the same way with like with music. Um isn't it funny how whenever you're you talk about a band, you go, "Oh, they they sound like Coldplay." Or yeah, you do that all the time, and it drives <laughs> me crazy. And everyone always sounds like what's the band you love? Um, Portishead. Portishead. Everything sounds like Portishead. I could show him like a rapper, and he'd be like, "Oh, that sounds like Portishead." But you know where that comes from? Because it's, it comes from you only knowing one band. Well, no, no. It's because being in L.A., being connected to the movie industry for the okay. last 30 years, okay. whenever you're pitching something, they want to know what it's like. Right. So you have to say, this is like Gladiator meeting This Is Us. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> or, every, that's, literally, that's, that's everything in life, though. You go on right. Amazon, and it's this. you'd also like this. Yeah. Or you go on Instagram, and it's this is what you've liked. And right. you go on, you know, that's our entire world right now. Right. And so you have to find like two unusual connections, two things that would never, ever be brought together to do what? to create something new, you know. And uh, in fact, I was just talking to a producer and he said, hey, one of our formulas is it needs to be familiar enough 
where everyone in the industry goes, oh yeah, we've done something like this and it worked. And it needs to be new enough for the go, okay, there's nothing like this. Hmm. So there has to be both familiarity and there has to be distinction. Do you think it's equal parts? Or do you think, because we've made no. Spider-Man like four different times. We've 400 made, different times. We've made, yeah. How many Batmans have we had? Seven, six? I mean, do you How really many Bonds have we had? Like count 15? some of those. You know, do you count Val Kilmer as a, as a Batman? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. But, I, but, I, but imitations in our nature. And we, we, in nature, imitate things that are either good or bad. And how it's how that that seeps into your soul and and what yeah. you produce with it that I think that yeah. counts and what. But I also think we're afraid to express ourselves fully in a new way. In a new way. <sighs> yeah, it's really good. I, I mean, I I just took two of my designs and you asked me, hey, did you send it to you know Angela, Jerome, and Jerry? Yeah, did you send it to Jerry Lorenzo? Yeah. And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, was this last night? I, mean, yeah, I, don't, I don't know I, if I wanted to do it. like, no, I'm kind of scared. Okay. I don't want to I mean, do it. Do you, are you going to send like your refrigerator art to Picasso and say, hey, no. what do you think? You know, and, and so I, I finally thought, okay, if I'm going to go public, I might as well go private with some of my friends who have great eyes. Because they would actually be very mad at you if you hadn't shown them and like brought you to the process. So, they're very know, supportive. I send it to Angela and Jerome and Jerry, you know. and I like the family group text. Yeah, a little family group text. And I said, hey, here's my first piece. And yeah, I got, and you know, and you always do the disclaimer. I do the, you know, maybe I'm, t I hope I'm not so old that I've lost perspective that wow, doesn't you match really, the like, culture. You set yourself up for a yeah, yeah, because like you, pity. You always do like the, you know. Of course, I'm. I mean, the, I'm going to fail, <laughs> and, uh, but, but we're going to try anyway. And and uh, and then Jerry sends me the response. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, you, yeah, you know, very... your perspective will always be relevant. If anything, the world's going to have to catch up with you, which I thought was like really awesome. Kind of, yeah. And then I send this. And then once I got a good response to the first piece, I send him the second piece. You know, and <laughs> <laughs> if he hadn't said anything, he would have just deleted his number. I said, That's and... all I got. That's all I got. You know. <laughs> And, That's cool. But I, I think some of it is if you know something you like, if you do something really close to it, you have a better chance of being liked. Yeah. If you know something you like, but you have a really unique take on it, unless you have a deep sense of your own identity, you might be hesitant to express something the way you really want to express it. And I think great art takes great courage. Mm. I think great design takes great courage. Great music takes great courage. I think to create is an act of courage. It's amazing. I'm, I just, yeah, it's like, I'm good. Like print that out, <laughs> print it out. Yeah. I don't know. Do we need to keep going? I'm going to ask you one last thing then. Okay. Okay. And we'll stop on this okay. full circle, full circle. You got asked, well, do you only imitate? What's your answer? What? What's my? <laughs> yes, I do. I think she got, I think that was the thing because I felt guilty for being like, yeah, I am 100% ripping off an idea and make trying to make it my own. And I was still in the process of like the second iteration of that design. Mm -hmm. I think there's something about the way that I think and that I, I definitely know, one, that Pagan is an off-putting name. So we've got to create familiar design to bring people in to a level in which they feel like they're a part of the fringe and the outside, but also that it's something they can wear around their world. See, I want to push back. I think Pagan is an awesome name. I think it's an awesome name. But every time we say it, they're like, what? I don't understand. Well, if you've been accused of imitating yeah. 
then you're like Picasso. Okay. Because Picasso says, steal everything. But he's not, yeah. And if you look at Picasso, you realize he stole everything, and, and then he put it into the genius of his own imagination yeah. and created what no one in the world could imagine. Mm. So um, be inspired by everything that's created mm. and let that inform where you're going. But don't, if you don't take it somewhere, you haven't gone anywhere. So whatever you're doing, make sure you take it somewhere, even if it's just taking it somewhere just a little bit different. And always make sure that you put your unique fingerprint on everything you do. And I know you because you're so compulsive. There's no way in the world you would ever do anything that didn't have a unique take on it. It would drive you insane. In fact, the reason that question bothered you so much is it wasn't, a, it wasn't a question, it was a statement. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good statement. It's uh, like, you know. The first thing I woke up thinking about was like, you're not a designer. And I, was, and I just rolled over and was like, you're right. And there's a lot of great um, templates out there for great pants, great jackets, great shirts, great shoes. By the way, even like in basketball, right? Like um, great players watch other great players and steal their moves and then create their own iteration of that move. And what? And sometimes um, they complement each other. Like LeBron imitates a Kobe the whole, dunk. It's the whole Kobe thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like an homage to the to the last thing. Yeah, yeah. They they imitate the Jordan, you know, uh, jump. They they imitate the Duncan, um, you know, bank shot. But if all you do is imitate, you'll never be great. Hmm. And you might be a good version of a great expression. I think that would be the worst thing yeah. ever. You have to go ahead and decide. I want to be the best expression of who I am uniquely. And that's what I would say to anyone listening right now is be bold, bring a perspective, start with what is true to all of us, and then create what is only true to you. And trust that there'll be people who will go, I love that. I've been looking for that. I didn't even know that could happen. Hmm. That's why I think what you're doing with Pagan is so cool. Who would ever taken such... A, um, a negative name, right, pagan, and turn it into such a positive brand. See, I think by itself, it immediately becomes incredibly inventive, counterintuitive, and revolutionary. You're very kind. He loves me a lot. Um, okay, with that said, I think we're going to wrap up, yeah? But right. I do think we need to do another another pod on You Are Not Them. Ooh. Like how to, how, one, like what do we receive from other people and how they, how they declare things over us? And also how to, like, what are we saying to our own selves? We've been wanting to talk about self-talk for a long time, yeah. but I think we really need to. Yeah, so, so, we're, so next if we episode, close on that, yeah. on uh, you are not them, yeah. we'll just close with this thought. Okay. They are not you. Oh, that's so good. Okay, with that said, my name is Aaron McManus. This is the Bad Ready Podcast. You can leave a review. You can rate it on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, share it. You can follow us on Instagram, Bad Ready Podcast, or you can email me, Aaron at BadReadyPodcast.com. I really need to respond to some emails. It's your fault. Um, we'll talk to you soon. And keep asking all the hard questions so yes. we can um, have more interesting conversations. And we're sorry if we offended you. You can email um, Brooke at Mosaic.org. She produces this show, and she will figure it out. Okay. Right. Goodbye. Hey, love you, buddy. Love you too.